Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, Scott Beebe. Scott, you are the founder and head coach at mybusinessonpurpose.com. That's your website, mybusinessonpurpose.com. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, I'm excited. Well, I'm going to read the question that's right at the top of your website here. And it says, what happens to your business if something happens to you? Why, why should we be asking ourselves that question? You know, it's the ultimate gut punch question, obviously, if you're a business owner. And that question was asked by a business owner, a client of ours, who was driving down a highway uh, in the town that we live in, right in front of a chicken restaurant. And uh, no significance to the chicken restaurant, but something in him asked that question, what happens to my business if something happens to me? And you can actually translate that, what happens to my role if something happens to me, even if you're not the business owner? to begin to ask that question. And ultimately, it's a question that we've all got to confront to some level, uh, realizing that there are so many other people that are dependent on us doing what we do, living out the brilliance that we live in. And so answering that question, or at least spending time on that question, is something of value, not only to us, but to other people around us. It's actually a really good stewardship question uh, mm. to the relationships, to the people, to the employees, the vendors, the trade partners uh, around us. And so ultimately, we can't answer that question for you. You have to answer that question for yourself. The only thing that we can do is once you have the answer to that question, be able to solve and provide you with a solid answer to that question so that one day you can wake up in three months, 12 months, 18 months and go, if something happens to me, my business will not only continue to run, but will grow. Yeah. All right. Well, I think you got everyone's attention. Let, let's talk about getting that, making our businesses more resilient. Because again, if we're, you know, kind of doing an ongoing SWOT analysis of our company, that always has to be in the threat box. If you're founder-led, founder-run, founder-operating, um, you know, you are probably pretty critical to the operation of the company. And uh we, we want to change that, right? We, or at least we want to kind of shore up uh, so that you're not such a risk to your own company. Yeah, yeah. Where do we well, begin? Where, where the risk lies in a lot of times is the fact that the owner comes in and they live under this toxic mantra, this banner that says, uh, nobody can do it as well as I do. I might as well just do it myself, right? And so it's a real cancer to the business when when owners and founders do that because you're doing a couple of things. Number one is you're drastically and exponentially decreasing the, your own energy uh, because you don't get energized by all of the different elements that it takes to operate and to, to run a business. But the second thing is you're, you're robbing other people of the opportunity for them to live out the brilliance that, and, and the giftedness that they've got. And by doing that, that exponentially uh, drains them of energy as well. And they go home every night and going, God, I wish she would just let me do this or that or whatever. But instead, she's got me over here doing this. And then the owner goes home at night and goes, God, I wish they would just do this and that. But instead, and here's that statement again, 
I just have to do it all myself, or it's easier Oof. if I just do it all myself. And so what this requires is a lot of maturity and a lot of awareness. Um, but even beyond that, with the maturity and the awareness is it requires a lot of pen to paper, sitting down, non-distracted, what Cal Newport would call deep work time. Sherry Turkle even mentions in some of her work there that, uh, that, that this idea of, of multitasking is not humanly possible. We, we, we can't do it. And yet we allow distraction, Latin word for distraction literally means to pull apart, by the way, distraction. And so to pull apart, we allow all of the distractions of the buzzes and the dings and the, and the infiltrated, hey, do you have just a minute? Can I pick your brain? We get all of that stuff and we want to feel like a superhero. And so we stop the deep work to answer the superhero call. And by doing that, we ended up doing it all ourselves, going home frustrated at night and having to do work at 1130 around the dinner table, rather than confining that work where we need to keep it so that we can make time for what matters most. Yeah. So where does, um, tell me more about how business on purpose um, fits in. Like yeah. How, uh, yeah. How do you make this process easier? Absolutely. I assume well, we, you do. <laughs> yeah, well, and we absolutely do. Uh, we've refined that for sure. And we've got the great testimonials around it for it. Uh, but we work with business owners specifically between two and 50 employees. And so rather than a revenue mark, what we found, because cost of goods are so different, there's so many different elements of revenue thresholds, we found the employee threshold to actually be the most um, the most uh, educated threshold that we can work with a client on. Because once a business gets to that 50, 60 employee mark, bureaucracy necessarily sets in. I use that term necessarily sets in because we look at bureaucracy and we assume it's bad. No, 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 no. Bureaucracy is great when it's leveraged appropriately. Now, when bureaucracy is there to serve its own sake, that's when it gets, uh, that's, that's where we sort of start to get away from it. We don't like it. But, but businesses between two and 50 employees, the two tells us, okay, they're looking to grow. But the up to the 50 tells us they want to continue to grow. But there are some things in that middle that they're going to need some help with that look like big corporate uh, elements, but quite frankly, need to be built on simple little spreadsheets. And so that's the sweet spot where we work with those business owners, two to 50 employees, to help literally build out their people, their purpose, their process, and their profit modules. And so these aren't just, um, they're not just counseling sessions where we sit down and go, well, tell me what ails you today. Now, we've got a very prescriptive roadmap of tools and methodologies that we literally embed into the business so that the business owner and the key leaders can make time for what matters most. Yeah. Um, and so I, I want to point this out too. You have a, is, is this, yeah, it's a book. It's, it, listen to the title of this. How provocative is this? <laughs> Your book, Scott, Let Your Business Burn. Yeah. <laughs> Stop putting out fires, discover purpose, and build a business that matters. Okay, again, you got my attention. What's going on there? <laughs> well, so this is, I've got to give a little credit to a, a, a friend of mine, Jesse Cole, who's actually the owner of the Savannah Bananas, he and his wife, Emily. I know, Jesse. I've been okay. to the Savannah Bananas. I'm a huge fan. Okay, so Jesse and I connected years ago when they had just started, and I went to one of the games. I was like, this is crazy. I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I've got a podcast. We come on the podcast about probably four or five, six years ago, whenever they started. And uh Developed a friendship. He lives close by, so we'd get together periodically. And he does wear the yellow tux with the oh, yellow yeah. top hat out to casual lunches, just so you know. 
Um, he and I flew to San Diego together. We went through the, the, uh, the TSA, he got checked. I didn't, uh, well, of course he did. He's wearing a yellow tux with a yellow top hat. Yeah. Anyway, we were out to lunch one day, uh, a few years ago, about 2018. And we walk in and of course everybody's looking and he's just my buddy, Jesse, but I forget that he's wearing a yellow tux with a yellow top hat. And, you know, of course everybody's looking and I'm like, well, what are they? Do? Oh yeah, I forgot. So anyway, we sit down and we're having lunch and I'm struggling to try to put a title on this book. It's basically our entire methodology in a book with really cool stories. And I'm struggling with the title. And Jesse's always had this thought process of what everybody else is doing, do the opposite. And you can see that in his work with the, with the bananas, banana ball, all this stuff that he's done, what everybody else is doing, do the opposite. And he said, so Scott, what, what's everybody dealing with in your world? And I said, well, they're constantly putting out fires. And I said, so, you know, the firefighter thing and all that stuff. And he said, well, what's the opposite of putting out fires? And I said, well, Jesse, that didn't make any sense. You just let, just let the fire burn. And he goes, I love it. I think it's brilliant. And I said, Jesse, it doesn't make any sense. And he goes, no, it makes perfect sense. And we sort of, sort of sat there. He didn't give me the answer. He let me mull on it a little bit. And I realized this, Josh. As a business owner, every single day you wake up and there's little fires going everywhere. Oh, that yeah. People have started, uh, uh, situations have started, and there's, there's fires everywhere. And what I realized as Jesse and I were talking is that most of the fires that are burning right now are not a threat to the business. Yes, they're burning, they're creating smoke, but they're not a threat to burn the house down. And so instead of constantly putting out fires, and the reason we do is because we want to have that superhero complex mm. and we want to feel busy, instead of putting out the fires, man, 90% of those, just let them burn. Let them burn. They're going to burn out of oxygen and they'll eventually go out. Where you need to define your attention is in building the house, even though those little fires are going out there, but there's zero threat to the house that you're building. Now, if there is a big fire that's getting close to the house, of course, you need to pay it attention. But otherwise, let them burn, let them go. And then you can really start to discover the purpose that you've done and build a business that truly does matter. Yeah, um, that is one of the most profound, I'll get to tell you, that's probably one of the most profound things that I've heard uh, in recent memory. Uh -huh. uh, and I'd say it's you know one that uh, I know I struggle with. I'm sure a lot of folks listening to this conversation struggle with. Um, what are the consequences of just, constantly putting out fires. Mm, mm. So when, uh, when a business owner, and, and if we ask that question, Josh, literally, if you just ask that question, we ask everybody to hit pause for three to five minutes, they would come up with a long list of the consequences. But a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission to just stop and think at depth through that question. But usually what causes people to constantly put out fires, number one, they think that every fire is a terminal fire. They think it's going to burn the house down. Um, it's not. Uh, we have the capability to tell people no. We have the capability to put boundaries around our lives. We've got the saying we say all the time, boundaries bring freedom. Boundaries bring freedom. Mm -hmm. I don't want to necessarily time date this podcast, but LeBron James just recently passed uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to become the number one all-time scorer in the NBA. Well, you know what? Without the boundary of a basketball court, you know what LeBron James is? Just a big dude. That's it. <laughs> just a big dude. But somebody a couple hundred years ago put a boundary around a wooden floor and called it a basketball court. And because of that, now we have somebody that we call the king, right? The, one of the greatest basketball players in the history of the world. How? A boundary. 
And then he himself had boundaries. The reason that we constantly put out fires is because many of those fires are burning outside of what would be boundaries if we put the boundary in place. But the problem is, is we have no boundaries in place. Well, Scott, what, what are, what, what's, in a, what's a boundary we can use? Annie Dillard, the poet and the writer, put it this way. She said this, so profound. She said, a weekly schedule. So literally, Joshua, a weekly schedule. A weekly schedule is a defense against chaos and whim. A weekly schedule, something as simple as a weekly schedule is a defense against chaos and whim. And she continues and say, she says, it's a net for catching days. Man, isn't that great? It's a net for catching days. And then this part, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember it exactly. But she says, it's willed, the weekly schedule is willed, it's fate, and so brought into being. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges we have again about drawing boundaries and why we tend to put out so many fires is we're unwilling to fake a new boundary thus created and it becomes a true reality. See, when I say you did this with me, Josh, for this podcast interview, you gave me select boundaried options for when we could have this call. And guess what? I submitted to your boundary. I came into your boundaries. Um, now, people say, well, if everybody does this all the time, then everybody's going to live by boundary. Well, 98% of people don't. And so we can be the ones to lead others to create boundaries, which will create freedom for both of us. Yeah, it, it is true. Um, you know, and, and again, you don't have to do this as a, you know, some method of just trying to control other people. But yeah, they will absolutely follow your lead when you say, yeah, you know, sorry, all maxed out, you know, the, you know, closest time and, and, they don't need to know the details on what maxed out means. You could say, look, I only work six hours a day, you know, yeah. and that's totally fine. Um, yeah. And those outside hours, they're not available. You don't take calls, you know, when you yeah. don't want to take calls, certainly. Uh, yeah, for me, everything has to be scheduled. It, yeah. it, it does. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, even if uh, someone starts you know, reaches out and says, well, that sounds great. Sounds like that's appropriate for a conversation. But uh, man, I'm thinking, Scott, of some new ways and, and new, you know, kind of talking with our COO and, you know, some of our operations leaders. And like, I, I, here's the thing too. Um, let me get your opinion on this. Um, a lot of times a conversation, even like me observing conversations like it just kind of stresses me out. Like, mm. I, and they're having that conversation, you know, in an open channel where I'm also in there. And I'm like, I, I wonder if maybe there's just things that like, I don't even, I don't know that I even need to know that. Yeah. What do you think about that? So we're living this out right now. We've got a team of eight, five full-time coaches and three team members that support the coaching that goes on into our business. And when we started out, uh, we have a weekly team meeting, eight o'clock at 8 a.m. Every business should have a weekly team meeting, agenda-driven, leader-led. And so we have that. And then uh, we've got two other major meetings in our business. One is a director's meeting. So there's four of us uh, mm -hmm. that assume roles of directors. And we get together and we talk about 60,000-foot level things around our business. The third, and these are not in rank order, but the third is a coaches meeting. So every Monday at four o'clock, all of our coaches get together and we, we sharpen each each other. We talk about our clients uh, in a healthy way behind their back so that we can grow and develop, see what we learned that week, see what questions we got asked and grow, right? So we got those three meetings. Well, Josh, I used to run all three of those meetings. <laughs> and then uh, a couple of years ago, I asked uh, Thomas, who's now our director of coaching, if he would take the, the weekly team meeting and begin to run that. Crushes it, kills it. It's great. And Josh, I get to sit in that meeting literally like this, 
just sit back, hands on my head. <laughs> I respond when I'm asked a question. Mm -hmm. um, and he holds the team accountable to action items, to the agenda items. If anybody's got an agenda item to put on the agenda, they send it to Thomas, not to me. Mm. Then about two months ago, Jesse, our director of client connections said, I, she noticed, she didn't ask. She told me, I'm going to take over the director's meeting. I'm going to lead that director's meeting. Great. I could sit back like this at the director's meeting and just respond. I'm good at that. I'm really, really good at that. But what I realized is I'm not great at holding tight to an agenda. And then about three weeks ago, Patrice, who's one of our coaches, uh, we have our uh, every other weekly check-in. We got to the check-in and I asked her, what do you need from me? It's a question I ask every other week to each of our people that report to me. And Patrice said, I need you to let me run the coaches meeting from now on. So Josh, I'm now at the point where I run none of our meetings. Yeah. And to your point, I don't need to because they're run. I literally mean this. They are run better without me. And it allows me to leverage the gift that I bring to the table more efficiently because I'm not having to think through the agenda and the other things. So are there things like if you're on Slack channels as groups or whatever, that you're hearing from your team that are distracting to you, 1,000%. I even see that here in the office. I'm at the mm -hmm. office today, but I will not be here tomorrow. Doesn't mean I'm not working. No, I'm going to work harder tomorrow in my yeah. home office. Right. But when I'm here, I see things. And when I see things, I, I assume things. And yeah. it's not helpful for me. Yeah. Um, and so putting myself in boundary situations, whether it's not running a team meeting or working at a different location so that I can go into deep work, I, in my mind, I'm not seeing the downside of that other than potential disengagement. I do have to be very careful about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but clearly there's, you know, for the founder, for the CEO, there's, there's engagements that are, that are higher level that, that are probably more critical. And so if you can, if we can be sharp and 100% and we can be spending time not in thought about like data is good. Like, how are we doing? But, you know, we can get that. And, you know, in, in a report, we can get that, you know, sum it up for me, give me the executive summary of what's going yeah. on. And I can ask you questions if need be, if we, if I do need to dig down into some of the details, all, all good stuff, Scott. Josh, um, let me give you one other yeah, example please. of that. Talking about the high level. Um, we, we do a vision day at, uh, six times a year, every other month, basically throughout the year. It's not a full day. It's actually just one hour. But on a Thursday, it'll actually be at the end of this month, on Thursday at three o'clock, I, uh, since I started the business and wrote out a multi-page vision story, I read through our vision story to our entire team. Um, and then after I read back through our vision story, so our team remembers where we're headed, that's the goalpost, we're headed that way. Then I do this exercise called a green, yellow, red flag. And I spend 30 minutes a week before, two weeks before, and I just sit and I look out a window and I think, all right, what are the things that we're killing it in right now? Green flags, yellow flags. What are the things that I'm a little concerned about, but not jumping out the window for? Red flags. What are the one or two things I'm about to jump out the window for um, if they don't change? And so after we get done me reading the vision story to our team, and it's very repetitious, right? We do it every two months and I read the same stuff, but the flags change. And so that's my high level time with the team to make sure that they understand we're headed that way. We're not headed that way. We're going this way. And I do it every, every other month, but then those intermittent elements, they're the ones leading that. So I don't get distracted from the primary vision that we're doing. Scott, your website, my business on purpose, uh, someone that's been listening to our conversation and, uh, they, they want more Scott, <laughs> they, they want to run their business on purpose. What would you recommend kind of that next step be for them? 
Well, two things. Number one, uh, we've got over, I think, five or 600 episodes on our podcast, which are basically wow. five to eight minute trainings. Uh, what we do is any question we get it from a client the week before, uh, we write an article responding to that question. And then, of course, we turn it into an audio on our podcast. So it turns into great fodder for discussion within your team. So owners can take that, literally use an episode and ship it out to their teams and then have a discussion around it for five minutes in their team meetings, free training. Uh, and then we'll throw up some, we've got a couple of keynotes we just threw up from last week. We were at a big international builder show and all that. So that's one area to start. Just go to the podcast tab uh, or the books on there as well. And it's our whole system there. The second, if you go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash healthy. So just use that word healthy there. You can take a five to seven minute assessment on the metric health of your business. I'm not talking about your sales and your products and your marketing. I'm talking about the underneath. Uh, vision, mission, values, org charts, job roles, uh, 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 financial dashboards, um, performance reviews. How are you doing with those things on all the stuff we cannot see? And so it'll actually give you a metric uh, evaluation, zero to 45. Zero is you're on the big time struggle bus. 45, you need to, you need to be on this podcast if you're at a 45 um, doing that. And so it'll give you this metric health and it'll help you to understand, okay, here's where I'm at from a healthy standpoint. Uh, with the backside of my business. Yeah. Awesome. Again, website, my business on purpose to our friends listening to this on a podcast here. Very, very simple. Just search for business on purpose, my business on purpose. You'll find it. Hit subscribe. Scott Beebe, uh, again, you're the founder. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful conversation, impactful for me personally. Thank you so much. Josh, I wanted to tell you this. It's really hard work doing a podcast, and I'm really, really grateful, A, that you do it, and B, that you allow me to be a part of it. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.